Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I think one thing that we really emphasize when we bring players to the team is just being competitive, and that's what Velas is. So uh, being a healthy and active guy, that's always a tough thing to swallow, but at the same time, he was challenged uh, to participate and, and, and be good on teams, not just as a returner, but a, a cover guy and a core teams player. So he accepted the challenge. Uh, I'm excited to see him out there, and hopefully it can affect the game, not only on teams, but also as a receiver. I'm sure he'll be you know, participating in, in different packets. It's the pregame show on the score, and we are, of course, presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. That is the voice of Ryan Poles. He is the general manager of the team, and he was on our sister station, WBBM. And, Pat, I heard you say you love it. You love hearing that with Valus Jones coming to the rescue of uh, special teams. Yeah, Anthony said it as well. I mean, I just think it's great to finally get him back out there. And who was it? Um, Rod Marinelli always said, send him to the bench and they come back better. And I think this might be an example of that. And I, I hope this is true because I, I, he can be a dynamic play player out there on the special teams unit with a kickoff return. And then, Anthony, you made a great point earlier about playing in a dome. I was looking at the forward schedule thinking, hey, when, is a, when would be a good time to put him out there? And you put him in those regulated environment like that. It's going to be a lot easier for him to catch a punt than it would be November, late November, December in Soldier Field or, or New York or somewhere like that. So um, I, I, I think he can help this team a lot. But one thing I also think, guys, this team right now is scoring 30 points a game. Right. As far as this special teams unit is, their job's not to screw up. And unfortunately, they've screwed up. They've missed a kick and gave up a punt, punt block. Right now, if you're scoring 30 points a game, your job is just to, just to catch the ball. Give it to the offense and let them go play. There's a lot of teams that, that do that. We've seen the Green Bay Packers do that. We've seen a lot of teams say, listen, our special teams unit is just to make extra points, solidify the ball, give it to the offense, and let them go. Um, and it's kind of interesting to say that I want to see the Bears do that right now because that would give them the best chance to win because they're not turning it over special teams-wise. They're not making mistakes. But that being said as well, I'll speak out of the other side of my mouth again. I want to see him out there. I want to see him be aggressive on kickoff returns. Allow him to take it three yards deep and bring it out. See what they can do. See what he can do. And then maybe get him a, a punt or two out there and let him work his way back, uh, excuse me, work his way back out there. And I'll, I'll kind of, I guess, describe my, my supposition for things. I, I, I got a, a question for you, Pat, about the, the very, basically the, the difference between fielding punts versus fielding kicks that I, I think maybe folks don't even appreciate to the extent that they could or should. But obviously on the opposing sideline today, 
we're going to have a prime example of where, you know, when the Bears drafted Valus Jones, the, the name Debo Samuel was thrown around quite a bit. And, yeah, I mean, you're shooting for the stars. You're reaching for the stars with that. But he is one of these guys who the modern version of a guy who's not a pure wide receiver that, that has become an elite playmaker offensively in football is what Debo Samuel has become. He's just listed as a wide receiver but does so many different things in San Francisco. I think perhaps, you know, for Bears fans, a more direct comp could be what we just saw Valus Jones as in Chicago and even, you know, not not as much of what we kind of hoped we would see Valus Jones as in or Cordero Patterson as in Chicago. And so for Cordero Patterson, what he was and wasn't with the Bears, and he was a first-round pick. Like, Valus Jones a third-round pick. Cordero Patterson, when he came to the league, was a first-round pick who still hasn't necessarily figured out how to play wide receiver. But like Mully you, you described in detail earlier, went through his career and got to New England and said, oh, well, it's a guy we can just hand it to him in the backfield. He can make some plays there. And then what Ryan Poles just said I think is really key because Cordero Patterson has been a player who is not only one of the great return men in pro football history, but also an exceptional, just a demon in coverage. I mean, you, whether you're singling him up or doubling Cordero Patterson, hmm. he is always involved and effective covering punts. And that's key, man. That, that's lost yardage that doesn't end up getting paid attention to in the box score in the way that it should. But Cordero Patterson forces opponents to drive the long field and makes returners nervous when they're in a return cycle. And I wonder – Ken Valus Jones, because he's certainly got enough of a frame. He's not as big as Cordero Patterson, but he's got more than enough speed and a, a powerful enough frame where him covering punts, perhaps covering kicks, there's no reason to think he doesn't have the potential for that. So I love hearing Ryan Pohl say that that's something they've challenged him with in these weeks that he's been away from the field. That's where the lonely work, the development of young football players and trying to figure out, all right, if you're not going to be a guy, you know, maybe we don't see you as somebody who can develop into a top flight receiver right now. But is there a role beyond just being kind of quote unquote gadget guy? Can you be a demon on coverage and just field the ball cleanly in returns and then get a jet sweep or two and maybe be able to have a chance to, to break one of those out? Just a few different small capacities can have a big impact on the game. And so you, you referenced a moment ago, Patrick, just about the, you know, being in a dome with that, but just even. You know, for a guy like like Valus Jones, why for a return man in general, what what makes a a returning a kickoff so much easier than than fielding and returning a punt? Um, first off, I want to say it's a brilliant point about being a gunner because he he could be a great gunner, but it's kind of turning himself into a gadget guy, into a football player. Is he willing yeah. to become a football player to expand his menu of things that he can do? And I think that's a great idea with that speed for sure. And his size, he could maybe you can beat you can beat a double team with the two corners with that speed. And then he's got enough size, maybe split it and get down the field, obviously, with that speed. Mm -hmm. But to go to the kicks, I guess the best way to describe it is when you watch Cairo Santos just kick a field goal, they actually show a better TV angle of that. So you see the ball traveling end over end over, you know, it's a perfect kick over end over end. So that's just, it's going to be a more of a straight line kick. You know what the hang time is going to be most of the time. It's within between, you know, a half a second to a second. With So it's a, it's a, it's a consistent kick that you're catching. Now a punt there are so many different punts people are hitting now. When I first came in the league, it was your old school spiral kick, right? And you'd see the coffin corner. A guy spiral at Brad Maynard would spiral, try to spiral out at the 10-yard line. But it was always the spiral kick. And then came the flip-flop. The flip-flop is when you drop the ball nose down, and it's an end-over-end kick. Um, and it's normally used in the plus area where you try to pin somebody down 
at the uh, you know the 10 yard line like they did last week, and that's just something you can control the distance and hang a lot better with that. And then now guys are getting into Johnny Hecker, Sam Coke. They're called like banana kicks, watermelon kicks. So they're learning to drop the ball different on their foot to make it spin different than a spiral or, or a flip flop. They'll have one that'll start over the the right numbers and will hook all the way back to the left number. So as a returner, with all these different style of punts, you've got to field uh, and, and scout and understand what's coming, and then you have to adjust. So it's difficult just to do that on what type of punts coming, and then if you add weather, wind. Anything else, guys not blocking the corners and gunners getting down in front of your face, it makes it that much more difficult. So to go back to the field, to kickoff, there's nobody in your face as well when you're catching that kickoff. So it's a, uh-huh. it's a consistent, solid kick that's going to be four-second hang time or whatever it is down there, and there's nobody in front of you. But when you punt returning, the, the variables now, what these punters are adding of different style of kicks, it's, it's impressive what they're doing. It's making their job a lot harder as a returner. Have you seen enough from from Pettis in in the punt return phase where you think it makes sense then? Just, just let Pettis stick with the punt returns. Don't even put that on Valus's plate. Or do you think being in a dome here could be an opportunity to to throw them both at, at Valus and just see how much I, work he's put in? I think both because Bradley Pinion, the punter, he's kind of a banger, right? He just wants to hit it, and, and what he'll do sometimes is outkick his coverage. So with that, it's he's to me is not your Johnny Hecker and those other guys that are going to hit all these different style of kicks. He's going to punt the more consistent style of punt, so I think it'll be easier to read. Um, just that's what I've seen in his past. I really haven't studied him much this year. Maybe he's added that. Maybe he has a punt or two, or maybe one more punt added to that schedule or menu or whatever he has. But he's more of a banger, so I think it would be easier game for him to, to return punts this week. I, I have two questions about special teams, Pat. Um, one would be, are you concerned that Valus Jones wants to bring the ball out no matter what on a kickoff because – he hasn't been able to make an impact. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, the, the, the metrics would say that you should let you should take the ball out. I mean, you should not take the ball. I should let the ball go to the back of the end zone. But is he more likely to want to return if he hasn't been able to have an impact? And the uh, other one is – That to me – Yeah, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. I'll answer that one first. That's discussed during the week. You know, that depends okay. on their coverage unit, uh, what kind of kicks their, their kicker is going to have, how deep and how much hang – is on the ball. So if you're hitting a real high hang kickoff, that means they're getting down the field and you might just say, all right, this week we've got to take a touchback just to know we'll get it out of the 25 because they're a great coverage unit or they have a good kicker. But I want to go back to Cordero Patterson. When he was with the Bears, Chris Tabor said, you can take it out nine yards deep. You can take <laughs> it out whenever you want. Years, right? he, yes, he did because he might hit a home run. He's got, what, eight NFL kickoff return touchdowns, one more he breaks the NFL record. Yep. So it kind of depends on your, your, your player as well. But I think it'll be coached to Bayless Jones right now because he hasn't earned what you said, Anthony. He hasn't earned the right to take it out five or six yards deep. And the other one was we heard from Richard Hightower, and he was mm. he was you know it was very cloudy when he tried mm. to describe exactly what went wrong with the extra point. He kind of he blamed the operation, and and we talked about that in the post game, and and you didn't see you thought the operation went pretty well. The, the kicker just missed, and and it was weird because Santos didn't admit it even in the post game. He was like, "Yeah, you know, uh, there's a thousand things." Like what? <laughs> and then the right. then you get the then you get Hightower come out, and then, you know it's just the same murky sort of response. Let me nerd out as a long snapper here for a minute. So I watched this last night over and over and over because I was hoping we'd bring this up because I heard his comments. I think he's 100 percent wrong. 
and I would tell that to him to, to his face. And I would say that even as the long Cairo or high tower. No, it's a high tower. Sorry, high tower okay. is wrong. And his evaluation of the entire operation. Yes, the laces were off. They were off a corner turn. I talked to somebody who, kick, who was kicking now in the NFL. I'm guessing you guys can figure out who that is, maybe a former teammate of mine or not. And I had a long discussion with him last night, and I showed him the video, and I said, listen, what do you think? He's like, he's got to make that kick. It's a quarter turn. And I was like, yeah, I, sh- I gave you a lot of snaps like that, and you've made a lot of kicks that made me look better. And he said he just disagreed as well with what Coach Hightower was doing of saying that it was a bad snap, bad hold. The position of the snap was absolutely perfect at height. Everything was good. Gill put it down, didn't miss the spot. It was just the ball was a quarter turn off. And if you're going to blame Patrick Scales for that miss because of a quarter turn, I just disagree with that. And that's not me standing up for another long snapper. That's just, (laughs) I would say that about any, 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 any operation. If I was a coach, special teams coach or in a building with, with my guys like that, I would not, they just, he just missed it. If you go and look at Kairos' swing, it was off. It was different than all his other swings he had in the game. He had a bad day. Maybe you're trying to protect him. Sometimes Why? these kickers are he's fragile, right? He's a veteran right? kicker, but he's a veteran <laughs> I kicker. I know, but you but you also got to know your personnel. Maybe he's trying to protect him. Maybe he is going through a funk. Maybe he's having a little trouble in practice. Sometimes these kickers, you've seen it Ant in practice, they'll have seven great weeks, and all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, what just happened? Yes, is it between yes. the brain? What is it? So maybe he's got his back a little bit in that regard, but I did some research and my own research and my own opinion. The, the, the operation was just fine. He just missed the kick. Hidden yards may end up being key in a game like this as well, where, you know, Atlanta, they've got some phases of special teams that perform at a really high level, and obviously they got Cordero Patterson back there returning. So, you know, the the hidden yards in your coverage, the hidden yards in your return, they're also a team very effective running the football and having some eye candy within their offense, and obviously your defense, for the most part, hasn't been great at that. A little step forward last week in that regard. You get some personnel back defensively this week so you got higher hopes that maybe you can try to control Atlanta's run game but it feels like the type of game where where those hidden yards those key yards in special teams in the return game and in in, you know place kicking all those things could add up in a game like this that again it's like we talked about against Detroit last week it's a game that feels like it's winnable even though they're number two in their division but the division is down this is a game that the Bears have the chance to win on the road in Atlanta is, is winning, you know, at the highest of level, the most important thing. No, but I think all of us agree that wins are nice. Wins are good. Wins when achievable are something <laughs> worth shooting for. So special teams should certainly not be underappreciated today. Anthony, you're right. So the hidden yardage, you know, obviously I'm a special teams nerd here. The Falcons are first in punt return average, averaging 19.1 yards of return. And they've had 13 returns. It's not like they've only had, you know, three or four or five. So they've, they've put together – a nice little special teams unit, so that is some hidden yardage you got to watch out for today. Great stuff. That's really fun. Uh, all right, we uh, we will get back to the quarterback. We do. These are the two leading rushing teams in the NFL, and we'll ask which one wins the running game and uh, what are we expecting going into this one. We'll discuss it next when we return on the pregame show in the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the guys around him. You know, they believe in him. The one cool thing for me is on a daily basis at practice, you see he he's loose. He's feeling, you know, his confidence is coming along. He's feeling himself, and, and, and that's where he's growing. So I love to see the confidence. Everyone's excited about what he's doing. Uh, we just want to continue to build off of that. It's the pregame show here on The Score, and you heard there the voice of Ryan Poles. He is the general manager. He's talking about team reaction to Justin Fields, and we should let you know the pregame presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today, and, uh, and don't forget to get yourself some of the new Zing Zang Bloody Mary canned cocktails. Premium vodka is already in the can. They're always ready, perfect for your game day tailgates please zing zing responsibly um very interesting stuff because justin fields if you look at what detroit did i think we're going to see more of that they did sort of the mush rush and they did try to contain the quarterback in the pocket and that worked believe it or not i think he had three scrambles for 15 yards now it didn't work because the design runs were unbelievable, 132 yards on 10 designed runs. What do we expect? Even if you're changing what you're doing, he still can beat you with the design run. These two teams, they they are the two leading rushers in the NFL, and we know everyone's talking about uh, you need more passing attempts, but can Fields keep doing this? Is there any way that you can stop this given – the, the incredible way he's played the last, uh, whatever, three, five weeks. I think that it certainly can continue. I believe it's likely to continue, The especially against this Falcons defense. You know, if there's any defense that I think we would go and worry that they're going to be able to contain the Bears' run game, it's not necessarily what, what the Falcons have been putting on film so far this season. And part of what makes it so effective, obviously the – the remarkable running ability of Justin Fields is a part of that. And then in scheme, just, you know, implementing the, the QB run as a bigger part of the scheme has been a factor in it. But then also just Justin Fields and the, the players on offense, not only the O-line, but the skill position guys, receivers and tight ends, getting, getting more adept at how, how you block it, how you motion it, how you time these things up. It all ends up keeping the defense off balance where you're, you're able to scheme up opportunities for Cole Komet because of some of this eye candy. You're able to have cutback lanes for running backs that can be exploited because of the way that Justin Fields has been utilized. And then we've seen chunk pass plays schemed off of that as well. So it's a very wide variety of things that you can throw at a defense 
that are just difficult as much as you might want to scout it. It makes it really difficult because you can make one thing look like the other thing, and then suddenly somebody else has got the football where you're expecting it's going this way and it's really going back that way, and it tests your eye discipline as a defender. And it's fun to see the Bears being the offense doing that to someone else when for, for years now you know, we've been talking about certain offenses that are able to do that to even the most experienced and most high-dollar Bears defenses that we've had in recent seasons. But when you face – the San Francisco run game or, or, you know, with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback in Green Bay and, and what that's able to do. You face the Rams where you, you're thinking the football's over here and it ends up over there and quarterbacks manipulating you with their eyes or, or runners and motions manipulating you with jet sweep looks and everything else. The Bears are just getting better and better at that throughout the season also. There's a choreography that goes with it that you, you can make it so effective because the defense believes one thing and then ends up doing something else. So I don't, I don't see any reason for the Bears to change a whole lot of what they're doing on offense. I don't, I don't necessarily care to see Justin Fields attempt you know, 40, 45 passes in a game yet because how it's working right now works, and Luke Getze is calling it in a pretty balanced manner. We're just seeing more of those moments end up as scrambles and – on the whole, as Justin Fields grows, and, and like Patrick was talking about earlier, gets a better idea for, for the, the consistency of reading it and getting it out, out of his hands and cutting it loose, he's improving at that without saying that they're just going to you know, force him, force this pass protection, force this receiver core into some sort of volume passing offense. Yeah, I, I think he can definitely continue to do it. Um, I, 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 I would I think Trent Dilfer goes on with what Trent Dilfer goes on, the, uh, what, the Spiegel and Parkin show, right? And they talk yeah. about yep. – he wants to see just a few more drop back passes, and I agree with that one. I, I, I just a few more, just to speed up this development a little bit. I think they figured out what he does really well, and he's they've tailored an offense to his skill set with his legs and things. But I would like to see just a few more. I don't need to see 35, 40 passes. I just want to see a couple more. But with that being said, what scares me though is this Bears O line. They just they're not great at the five man protection up front, the scat protection with the back taken off. Um, they're just not good at that. So maybe that's not healthy. For Justin Fields right now to have that messed up pocket that's just kind of scary in front of him, especially a game like this. And you brought up the name Grady Jarrett, and this is this is a player maybe Bears fans should watch as what a three technique should look like in this right. style of, of defense. He's he's pretty darn good at what he does. I just looked up his numbers. You know, he's got four and a half sacks this year, but he's also has a lot of quarterback pressures, quarterback hits, and he's very active in the middle. So that is somebody that could slow down Justin Fields a little bit today with the interior three of the Bears offensive line. But I, I, I just, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if Luke Getzey does start dialing up a couple more just straight back drop back passes, just to get him going a little bit more of and getting more comfortable with reading these pro defenses. And I ended up having to, I happened to to be on with Speaks when when Trent was on on mm. Monday, and That's right. out of a bunch of things we agreed about, that was probably the one thing I disagreed with Trent mm-hmm. about was was just that I'm. I'm cool with what's what's turning out to be a very patient and methodical approach yeah. to growing the offense as a whole, to growing the passing attack. We haven't necessarily talked about Chase Claypool in detail yet, to growing his reps in the offense. I, just, I feel like Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, Allen Williams, you know, I feel like they're just taking this 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 very sort of systematic approach to how they're growing this thing for the long term. And it doesn't necessarily mean like we need to be able to observe the finish line right now. And I feel like there's that urge that we have mm-hmm. to get from A to Z 
as quickly as possible as opposed to, you know, just kind of allowing them to continue to to kind of put some different ingredients in this gumbo and see what's working and see what's not. And it, and have a game plan wise week in, week out focus on putting the game plan in place that gives them the best opportunity to win in the midst of recognizing that these players on the field, especially this this you know, this talented quarterback who's putting the requisite work in will continue to improve at all aspects of the game without us necessarily having to sort of force feed force feed a volume passing approach or a drop back approach to it. And certainly in at the end of game, like we were talking about earlier, you, you want to see those moments improve and you want to see the pass protection improve in those moments. You want to see the, the rhythm and timing and decisiveness of the passer as a quarterback improve. But I, I believe they are. I, I believe they are improving. And I don't know that throwing that calling 45 pass plays as opposed to calling 35 pass plays in a game. I, I can see where where it may, you know, expediate that that growth even more. But I just think they're doing it in a methodical way that's allowing them to have success in the midst of not force feeding it in some rapid way. And, yeah, and just they are scoring points, right? Right. They've right, scored. Right. They've scored at least 29 points in three straight games. They've also become the only team in NFL history to score 29 or more points in three straight games and lose all three games. <laughs> so that's a reality, too. Kind of a dubious stat. It is a weird stat, isn't it? But, Pat, you know, we how many, how many years have we spent begging for them to score touchdowns? Well, 100% we have, and that's what's great. We've got that. The most important thing is to score points, right? I don't care how you do it. Just score the points. But we're also talking about Justin Fields' growth, and I just want to talk about one example. I wonder if Luke Getzey would look back on it and be like, man, maybe I should have given him a chance to win with his arm instead of his, or not even his legs. But the third and 14 in the opening drive last week, they ran a run play. They were in field goal range. And this is Cairo Santos hasn't missed a field goal yet all year. You would say, all right, if, even if we throw an incompletion, he's probably going to make the kick. That's just a situation. I know it's just one play, but mm-hmm. give him an opportunity to grow in that situation. Third and 14, can you win it with your arm? Can you read the open receiver? Can you read the mismatch instead of handing it off to, Dar- I think it was Darnell Mooney on that one. I mean, not Darnell Mooney, excuse me, David Montgomery on that Montgomery, one. That's just yeah. a, one example. But there's some situations that say, hey, let, let's see if he can win it with his arm instead of just playing conservative and trying to get a field goal. Right, and I, I think that, I, I believe we're seeing more. Like that first month of the season, it was like every third and long was going to be mm-hmm. a run play or a screen or something. <laughs> I think we, we are at the point where third and long, they they are entrusting Justin Fields. They're entrusting this offensive line, these receivers, more often on third and long than they did earlier in the year. But it's still where, you know, every once in a while, we'll see a third and eight when they just hand it to David Montgomery and he picks up a first down, you know, on a handoff on third and eight. So I think there's still enough of a blend to it. But I I do believe we're seeing more of, yeah, let's trust the passing attack. You know, the quarterback at the lead of that, at the tip of that spear, but trust the passing attack, that our receivers will be where they're supposed to be, that our pass protection will hold up, that we'll give some help, you know, where it needs to be given with chips and pass pro also. And I just I think they're 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 getting there and we're seeing it happen with more frequency. They just don't strike me to be in a hurry to get to the the finish line of of whatever this thing is. I think they're comfortable in saying we got seven games left to get wherever that's going to be for this year. And then we got a whole offseason to build up to what we really hope will take us to another stratosphere for next year. Just it feels like a very long range view that they're taking on how they're going to build this. The. The Bears have an NFL low of passing attempts per game. 
it is just over 20. It, it's it's not even 21 passes per game, right? So as a result, we talk about targeting numbers and who's important, and I'm glad you mentioned Chase Claypool because all we're looking at with him is the percentage of plays he's on the field, not so mm-hmm. much how often they're throwing to him, but he was on the field for 37% of the plays. They ran more plays in the game against Miami. But then last week he was on the field, you know, again, there were less plays, nonetheless, 32% of those plays. So I just want to say, I was under the impression, and I guess that was another rope-a-dope, they said they were going to have him play maybe twice as much, and he actually played less than he did in the first game. And I understand he's new, and they're trying to develop stuff, and they're working after practice and everything, but shouldn't he be on the field for longer, just even if they don't throw to him, shouldn't he uh, be a part of this thing more often? Given he the, looks good in the huddle, like, he really man. does when he's out there. Yes. It's nice yeah, to when see he runs a body out there, like, like oh, here he comes. There's one of ours. Like we can really be proud <laughs> that that guy is one of ours. Look at him. Let him get off the bus first. Let him break the huddle first. Uh, let's see Those him on big the field. biceps <laughs> running out there, That's the wide right. receiver. Yeah, it, it it would certainly feel good, and it's going to happen. It's been, mm-hmm. it's been two games, and I don't think right. they got somebody standing on the sideline like next to Chase Claypool clicking off some sort of little, you know, Claypool meter, seeing how many snaps he's gotten in game. When you're out there in game, man, you're just you're competing, you're calling plays, you're calling personnel groupings just to see what gives you the best opportunity to, to advance the ball on that drive and eventually to win that game. So uh, I have no doubt in my mind his role in the offense will continue to advance, but – you know, the fact that the percentage, the overall amount of snaps and the percentage of snaps went down from game one to game two is because, frankly, I just I, I, I don't think that the receiver position in this offense is a very easy one to just learn with less than two weeks of preparation in that. And the Detroit game had a lot of multi-tight end sets, a lot of 12 and 13 personnel groupings where the receivers as a whole just weren't as big a part of that game plan anyway. But then Chase Claypool, knowing what to do in all those scenarios – they just they they didn't in my opinion they didn't seem to feel a need to force Chase Claypool into the offensive game plan any more than seemed fitting. I mean you know it's I don't know if you get Odell Beckham Jr. in here or something like that and I, I guess you you know force him a bunch of fees like Chase Claypool's a good player. You hope he becomes a great player here in Chicago, but like we were talking about earlier with Cordero Patterson, you know some guys have have earned a certain level of of gratis and deference up to this point in their career. Chase Claypool might be. He's certainly the most talented receiver that the Bears have, but is it shocking to me that two games in that he's not just sort of being forced into the lineup endlessly? Nah, man, they're they're doing really well, regardless of how many snaps Chase Claypool gets, and and he's going to get more and more. There are seven games to go. He's going to play plenty. Yeah, I want to go back real quick. Remember when Brian Fenner was on, he was talking about when they had Peerless Price there. That yeah. the, the, the receivers got a little frustrated because they weren't getting right. the ball. Is that something right. that could happen with this offense with a similar style of quarterback? Yeah, it's interesting. That's a good point. We're going to bring in Dan Pompey to discuss all things football. We're also going to get our picks out there. So gear up, guys. Get ready to make your pick and get ready for uh, the man himself, Mr. Dan Pompey. You're listening to the pregame show on the score. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Mully, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. 
It is the pregame show, and we are delighted to welcome in the great Dan Pompey. His name is written in the Hall of Fame, and Dan joins us now on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, good morning. How are you? I'm great, fellas. Excited for this game today. Yeah, um, what do you think of this game? I mean, this could be over in two and a half hours. These two teams could just be <laughs> running and running. Uh, you know, um, yeah, you're looking at, at two of the better rushing teams in the NFL. Uh, also, two defenses that struggle to stop the run. So, um, something's got to give there. Um, and, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the passing game uh, for both teams plays into this, you know, um, and, and, and the other thing, you know, the bears running game is going to be, I think a little different today uh, because of the absence of Khalil Herbert, which to me is pretty significant. Um, and, and, you know, do they continue to ride Justin Fields the way they've ridden him in the run game uh, with him, you know, clearly physically starting to feel the effects a little bit at this point, um, you know, it, Today, he can become, this is incredible, the second quarterback in NFL history to rush for 100 or more yards in three straight games. The first one to do it in 61 years. So, I mean, he's, he's really doing some historical things and uh, as a runner, and, and it'll be interesting, like I said, to, to see if, if the trend continues or, or if the Bears try to go in a little bit different direction with that. Dan, we were talking earlier a little bit about Justin Fields' development and how Luke Getze in this offense is going about it. And we were talking about, would you like to see more pass attempts, maybe more pass attempts on like third and 14 last week on the first drive instead of running, having a run. What's your feeling on the way they're developing right now? I don't think Anthony and I are disagreeing with each other, but we're talking two different ways about what we'd like to see. I was saying I'd like to see maybe five, six more just drop back passes or just kind of called passes to let him develop a little bit more with that part of his game. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you, Pat. I think, um, you know, uh, the if you really want to develop the player, um, then, then I think that's what you need to do. You know, if you're trying to win games, then I guess maybe you don't do that. You try to, you try to uh, run the ball more. But ultimately, you know, to be the best team you can be, to have the best quarterback you can have, you need him to be able to, complete more passes and make more big plays in the passing game, you know, throw with anticipation a little bit better, uh, throw guys open and not just, you know, complete passes to guys who are schemed open. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, that's the area where we need to see the growth in, in Justin Fields' game. And, and um, you know, there's, there's a lot of room for growth there still. Yeah, definitely agree. Plenty of room for, for growth there. It's my my basic premise is that because the offensive line is what it is and the receiver core is what it is, I think the the balanced approach that the Bears are taking, we're still seeing development. Even as a passer, we're seeing a lot of development in Justin Fields. It doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily require a big time volume, you know, sort of passing approach. And the amount of pass plays called, some of those are are ending up as scrambles as well. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, you know just that comparison between. You know, the, the Atlanta offense, the Bears offense, the way both quarterbacks run and both run games are, are successful. Both defenses are porous right now. It's interesting because it feels like the Falcons as a franchise are in a different space than the Bears 
even though with the talent on the roster and the way they're implementing it, it's not like they're necessarily a better team per se. How, how different a position would you say each franchise is in with the way this season is evaluated for them? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, the Bears obviously believe or, or are starting to believe that you know they have the, the one player that is uh, the most critical player for any franchise, which is the quarterback. Uh, the Falcons, I don't think anyone would say they, they do at this point. You know, they're still in search of that player. So if if that's the case, you would say, well, you know, the Bears are probably ahead of the Falcons in terms of big picture. Uh, but I think on this Sunday, you know, they're, they're very evenly matched teams and very similar teams. Uh, I think the Falcons, if, if you – if you probably broke down the roster man-to-man, position by position, you'd say that maybe they have a little bit of an edge. Uh, but, you know, the Bears have this incredible X factor in fields who, you know, you could do everything perfect against him on defense, and he can still blow it up and, and make these big plays. So um, that's, you know, that one way or another, you know, he could be the difference in this game as, as he could be the difference in every game. Dan, I'm just curious, when you think about the last two weeks, right? I mean, Miami, up and coming, great passing game. You know, the quarterback is now being mentioned as maybe an MVP candidate. Um, and then Detroit, we know that uh, that no one's calling for Jared Goff to be the MVP, but they, they are a losing team. They're not in the playoffs either. The Bears have lost both those games in really very similar fashion, very dissimilar teams, but they basically had two losses the same way. The quarterback making an unbelievable play in the running game. The uh, the officials seem to be ganging up on the Bears. They can't get a call. Uh, obviously, they had a special teams mishap. The defense just got awful in those games. Is this the season? I mean, is this what we're going to – I mean, those are very similar games when you really break it down. Yeah, you know, good point. I think um... – Certainly, there is the the potential for that to continue. That kind of uh, that trend, those trends, uh, but it usually just doesn't happen that way in the NFL. You know, teams evolve from week to week, and uh, how opponents approach you, uh, both offensively and defensively, tends to change a little bit. Especially if they're not having the kinds of success that they feel that they're going to have. Matchups change, so. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't expect for everything to continue as it is. I mean, I, I'm going to be surprised if the Bears keep averaging 30 points a game. You know, I, I think that's that's a little bit crazy. Um, I, I don't know about their defense if it's going to stop to begin to to hold people to less than 30 points a game. Uh, but I think uh, you know it, it's it's going to be really uh, fun to see how defensive coordinators approach the Bears moving forward and how they try to alter things because clearly the things that have been done uh, in the last five weeks or so have not worked against, against the bears offense and Justin Fields in particular. So, you know, defensive coordinators are not going to stay static and say, Oh, look, let's look at what the Lions did and do the same thing again. They're going to try something different. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. guys are just so good. No matter what you do, you can't scheme them. <laughs> We've seen it with pass <laughs> well, yeah, rushers. And, We've seen it with certain right? players. Yeah. And, Dan, and that what, very you well pick? could be the case. You know, you I've, got, uh, I've, got the, I've got the Falcons in this one, guys. I, I think uh, it wouldn't mm. surprise me to see this one go either way, but I think this game could be a lot about turnovers. 
Uh, Bears have had no takeaways their last three games. And, uh, you know, they've, they've kind of gotten away with some things. You know, Fields has had the most fumbles in the league. Uh, he's got uh, the third highest interception percentage in the league. And, uh, you know, if, if those things continue against this team, uh, the Bears could lose a close game. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate it, buddy. Okay, thank you, guys. All right, guys, I mean, you know, it's Fields back in Georgia, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. grew up there. He's met some big moments in his career. I would imagine this feels like a big moment to him because he's got family, friends nearby. I'm sure he'll have a lot of people at the game. Um, Studs was telling me there's some picture out there. There's 15 guys going to a bachelor party. They're all dressed <laughs> like Ditka with the mustaches and the sweater and the whole the whole nine yards. Kind of funny. There'll be there'll be a lot of fans for Fields. Yes. Um, what do you got, Anthony? How do you pick the game? Just don't think that the Falcons are are much of a better team than the Bears. They're marginally better than the Bears, if that. They they do have one more win on the season. And going down to Atlanta, when when things are going well for the Falcons, it can be a difficult place to play. But when things are meh, the crowd is really meh. So <laughs> they've been in tougher road environments. I'm going to take the Bears in this game. I think it's the first time I picked them in back-to-back weeks. I'm going to take the Bears. 27 to 17. Nice, Pat. All right, um, I'm going to go against my hometown Atlanta Falcons. I'm just taking. I'm taking the Bears. 31-27. I do think Justin Fields is going to go down there and and have a good day against this. This it's two weekly. It's two teams. They're very similar. Everything they do is very similar. I think Justin Fields is the difference maker. He's the best player on the field. He'll uh, they'll get a win today. 31-27. I picked the exact same score, Pat. Did you really? (laughs) But I had Atlanta. So oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'll bet you a zing-zang on that. All right. There we go. <laughs> zing-zang. That sounds good. All right, buddy. We'll uh, we'll be back for the post-game show. Anthony, you'll be back later for the post-post-game show. Right. And uh, tune back in. The minute the game's over, we'll be here for you on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 